great to have you here. Thanks for showing up. And uh, hopefully this session is exactly what you're looking for. We do everything that we can to make sure that the talk that we present is exactly what we wrote in the, in the description. Um, we're not going to be able to cover everything that we would like to cover. So, and we're not doing a live Q&A for the sake of recording and, and uh, permissions from our customer. But we will be standing outside afterwards to take questions from you or, or learn from you, like, what did you come for? And was this useful? And maybe you want to be the next customer that comes up on stage and talks with us next time. So uh, please introduce yourself afterwards. We'd love to meet you. My name is Benjamin Andrew, and I'm in the Marketplace team, one of 170 or so, uh, as that number is changing, uh, AWS services. And we're the only service in AWS that has our own business development team. And so I run a team of folks that works with, with vendors to help them as they make their journey into the cloud or as they make their software available to you in a cloudy way. It's easy for you to consume, easy for you to transact, that's similar to the way that we sell native AWS services. And we also work with our customers to help them leverage the services that we provide. The goal for us is just to make it easier for you. As you guys are making the journey to the cloud, you're likely bringing with you a set of software with you. And so we want to make sure that the vendors that you're working with or have used in the past are also making that transition. And so we spend all of our time to help them be cloudy. And we learn a lot from our customers. We learn a lot from our vendors. And everything that we build are services that make it easier to reduce friction for customers as they make that journey. So hopefully that's relevant to you. And we're going to be talking with Andy Smith, who's from Sally Mae Bank. And Andy Smith has some great experience that, he's, that he can tell you that hopefully is something very relatable of some of the challenges and some of the goals that they have as they make their journey into the cloud. They've actually started with a lift and shift model, and now they're actually doing a mo app modernization. So they're already transitioning into sort of building in and designing in the cloud. So he's going to tell you some of his experiences. And uh, please feel free to ask questions, and hopefully we'll uh, cover everything you're looking for. Sound good? Uh, if you're not going to New York, maybe you know, grab the other flights. There's a lot of other sessions available. Uh, just kidding. Uh, but make sure that this is what you're looking for. We don't want you to spend the entire 45-minute session uh, if, if this is not what you came for. So you feel free to leave. We're not going to be offended. Uh, there's plenty of op opportunities. So let's jump in. So Marketplace, uh, as I mentioned, we're hosting this session. And, and really, we're, we're going to tell a little bit about what we are. But really, the, the main topic is really what Andy's going to be sharing. So bear with me for just a few minutes as I explain what Marketplace is and the benefits to you as customers and the things that our vendors like about Marketplace. We're a curated digital software catalog. We're revolutionizing the software supply chain by changing the way that customers buy software. And really, the goal for Marketplace is to be the same as Amazon.com, where you can go and find just about any product and purchase it and buy it and have it show up immediately. We want our software to be very similar to everything that you're going to use in the cloud. We want to make that very easy for you to use, both in hybrid use cases as well as on-premise and, on, and in the cloud. So maybe you want to use software in other cloud platforms. Maybe you want to use it on-premise. It doesn't matter to us where you use the software. We just want to make it available, and we want to help our, help our vendors with that as they make it available to you. So we have a fairly wide selection of software available on demand in, in uh, the marketplace from over 1,500 ISVs, independent software vendors. And we also work with many consulting partners, many customers. How many customers in the room buy only from a consulting partner channel, managed service provider, 
system integrator. Any, any customers that, all, that already buy, typically buy through the channel? Nobody? All right. Wrong audience? Maybe someone else in your company would deal with that? Okay, that's fine. So we, we help enable the channel to make it so that they can actually sell software from ISVs, and, and we actually pay the channel as well. So the, the channel partner gets paid, the ISV gets paid, et cetera. So we have over 7,000 product listings, the bulk of which are security and networking and open source. Uh, we have active customers we define as someone who has bought or used something in the last four weeks. So we have 260,000 active customers such as yourselves buying out of Marketplace. How many people in the room are you aware use Marketplace today? Excellent. Love it. Uh, we, we announced this first stat at, Re, at Reinforce in Boston, and that is over 100,000 100, active security subscriptions, which is uh, over 10% of our subscriptions come from security customers, uh, and that number continues to grow. And the, the newest stat on EC2 deployment, so a lot of our software is available as an Amazon machine image uh, that you can deploy as a template directly out of EC2 console. Uh, and over 850 million hours of EC2 is deployed out of Marketplace on a monthly basis. That number just increased from 650 million earlier this year. So significant in increase in, in adoption there. We're available in 20 regions. We're one of the zero-day regions. So every new region that gets deployed from Amazon, we put Marketplace there on day one. So that's available to you as we roll out new regions. And a lot of different categories of software, a lot of different ways that customers can buy from Amazon machine images to APIs. There's many, many SaaS products that are available in AWS Marketplace. You can, you can deploy via CloudFormation directly from the CloudFormation console. Uh, and you can actually buy and transact APIs through the Marketplace as well. We also support container images for EKS, ECS, and Fargate. And also, if you're running any uh, AMI, uh, sorry, um, machine learning uh, or uh, AI capabilities, we have over 230 um, algorithms and models available in the SageMaker console as well. So we're really rolling out and making all the third-party software available. No matter what console you're in, you'll look if you look for marketplace software, you can find that it's very contextual. So we're rolling it out to multiple consoles throughout the AWS environment. So as you know, as customers are responsible for their data and their applications and their, and their users' identities, AWS is responsible for the security of the cloud itself, the infrastructure, the architecture, the underlying, uh, in, the underlying hypervisor, uh, including the physical data centers and, and the regions and the availability zones. We're responsible, AWS is responsible for the physical security but the customer, you, are responsible to secure your data. Everything by default may be closed and closed off to the public access, but you would open it up for use in your application. But it's really important that you do it in a, in a, in a way that's smart, that you're not exposing your data, that you're not exposing critical customer information. Many of you have compliance standards that you have to comply with. Uh, Andy's going to talk a little bit about the uh, financial services compliance that he has to comply with. But uh, it's important that you take responsibility of your own data and your own users and applications. And so as we talk a little bit about uh, some of the solutions in Marketplace, really those solutions are there to help you with your, your part of the shared responsibility model. So uh, here's kind of a, a d diagram that shows 
your responsibility, everything from encryption of data to network traffic, applications, identities, uh, and, and the way that your firewall is configured, your network security, your operating systems. We make a lot of these available in Marketplace for you if you want to download and use, uh, deploy a hardened operating system, say from CIS or Anishin. Uh, those are already available in Marketplace. You don't have to harden it yourself. You can use those. Uh, and then any type of firewall or, or uh, security orchestration automation response, uh, cloud security posture management. There's a lot of different, over 950 different security listings in the marketplace from many different vendors. So we're, the goal is to make all these available to you. And then here's just a, a smattering of some of the security vendors that we work with. Uh, and hopefully who you are using is on the list. If not, you know, feel free to reach out to us or reach out to your vendor and ask them to make their solution available. Um, but as we mentioned, uh, security is one of the most popular categories. There's hundreds of different examples uh, of vendors that have taken advantage of making their solutions available. What does my team do to help them to help you? So I like to, uh, as an example, if, a if you're buying software that's maybe a SaaS version of an application, you benefit because you don't have to pay the infrastructure cost to run that application. The vendor is already paying for that. And so it's really easy to use typically. And then the nice thing is, is we make it available so you can use that software in any place. You can use it on-prem. You can use it in other cloud platforms. You can use it physical systems, mobile devices, uh, in AWS, et cetera. And uh, we make it so that the customers don't have to learn how to deploy the vendor's solution or how to manage it. They can just sign up and use and, uh, and leverage our, some of our capabilities to make it easy for them to procure. We have an integration into Coupa and a lot of other procurement systems. So instead of engineers and developers buying software and then getting in trouble because they don't have permission for it, we now integrate with a lot of these workflow systems to make it easy for you guys to approve. Uh, so let's talk a little bit to, uh, to Andy and, and let him tell us a little bit about himself and what Sally Mae Bank does. So let's pivot over to Andy. Thanks, Benjamin. My name is Andy Smith. I started my career in information technology. Actually started at the state of Indiana. I actually was supposed to be processing wage claims, but I couldn't stop messing around with the computers at the state. So they actually created a position for me, and that's actually how I got involved in information technology. And from there, I moved to a small customer relations management company where we just about had everything you could possibly think of technology-wise, which really launched my career in IT. I've got about 15 years of experience in IT and about five years now in, in cybersecurity. Um, I, my, current, my current role at Sally Mae is the cybersecurity operations manager. My team is responsible for network endpoint, email security, log management, incident response, threat intelligence. Uh, we, we really are the, the gatekeepers of the front door of the organization. Uh, just a little bit about Sally Mae. Uh, Sally Mae Bank is a bank with a purpose. We help families save, plan, and pay for college. Recently, we've expanded our horizons to include online savings plans and, and now recently credit cards. I'd just like to take the opportunity to thank you for the invitation to share some of our stories. Absolutely. Glad to have you here. Thanks, Andy. So tell us about uh, how Sally Mae, Sally Mae Bank is evolving in digital transformation. Tell us uh, what motivated you guys to utilize AWS. Sure. So it, it's really the demand by our customers. They require more tools and, 
analytics to conduct their daily financial transactions. So uh, just a little bit about the history of Sally Mae. In 2014, we split from Navient. Uh, we became a private bank. We stopped processing federal loans at that particular time, and we kept the Sally Mae name brand. And through that evolution, we started experimenting with different cloud-based technologies like SaaS solutions, for example, Office 365. Uh, and in, more importantly, in, in 2018, uh, we conducted a full lift and shift of our on-prem hosted data center into AWS after about a year of planning with AWS and AWS security partners. So it, it's, been a, it's been a true journey. And in 2019, we've been focusing on the, uh, the furtherance of the digital transformation, focusing on cloud, agile, app modernization, automation, artificial intelligence, giving us more actionable insights. So now that our cloud migration's complete and we're secure and, and we've uh, finished up some of the, the details uh, and the Agile is three years old, we're, we're focusing more on those building blocks and, and that is app modernization at this time. Excellent. How many people in the audience are currently in a lift and shift mode where they're just taking their applications as they exist today without updating them and just moving them into the cloud. Show of hands. How many of you guys, excellent, how many have actually already been moved, moved a lot of applications and now you're starting to use some of the new services like serverless and, and containers and maybe starting to design and build with new technologies available in the cloud? And then how many people won't raise their hand no matter what I say? <laughs> awesome. So hopefully this is valuable because this, as Andy mentioned, they've kind of done both, and so learned a lot of things. So we're going to dive into some of the uh, some of the things that they put as a priority for their strategy as they moved into the cloud. Uh, really, the goal of AWS with partners is to make it easy for you to to embrace the cloud and not have that uh, fear or concern that you're going to do something wrong. So we want to provide as much useful information. So we're going to talk a little bit about your uh, strategy. Uh, what, what, uh, what, what was your strategy as you guys began the migration? So being new to the cloud and being a highly regulated financial institution, we really wanted to put those guardrails in place before we did the lift and shift into AWS. And so some of the things that we did were a software-defined perimeter. And what that is is it's um, a solution that requires multi-factor access into uh, remote desktop into Windows servers or SSH into Linux servers. You have to have an agent on your computer to be able to connect to the jump server before you can get access to the, the, the endpoint that you're connecting to. Mm -hmm. uh, that was big up front. We also micro-segment the environment so that we protect our applications and prevent lateral, lateral movement should that happen in the environment. We encrypt everything at rest and in transit, and more, most importantly, we encrypt it with the, the KMS keys that we own. Mm -hmm. So we also follow CIS benchmarks to make sure that we're following industry standards in alignment with the, the risk that, that is afforded in, in our industry. And when we think that the solutions that we put in place from a cloud-native standpoint don't necessarily um, match up with our internally defined controls. We've reached out to AWS security partners to fill in that gap. Awesome. Let's talk about some of those uh, challenges that you were uh, wanting to solve. I think that's on the next slide. 
So the first challenge was being able to demonstrate to regulators that, that we could maintain the logs in AWS, keep them for our retention time period, mm -hmm. and, and not only keep them for the retention time period in case something happened, but also to uh, integrate them in, in, in a speed that matches our uh, move into the cloud. So we worked with uh, FireEye. Uh, FireEye Helix was the solution that, that we uh, used to monitor logs in, in, in our on-prem data center. And we approached them and said, hey, we're moving to the cloud. Will you move with us? And, and they did. They partnered with us. And we spent a lot of uh, WebEx time trying to figure out how we were going to get our AWS logs into FireEye Helix. And, and with that ended up producing was uh, FireEye developed a cloud integration portal. So we could go into the cloud integration portal, type in an S3 bucket name, and the, the region that you operate in, and it spits out a, a, a cloud formation template. And then we can use that cloud formation template in our cloud management software like Ansible Tower to automatically connect the logs from our AWS accounts into FireEye Helix. Mm -hmm. And so some of the, the nuts and bolts behind that is that we send our cloud logs like CloudTrail, VPC Flow, GuardDuty, CloudFront, uh, load balancer logs uh, into CloudWatch, and then we deliver those logs from CloudWatch into S3 using a Kinesis Firehose stream. And then from S3, we call a Lambda FireEye to, to reach into the S3 bucket, pull the logs out, decompress, de-encrypt them into Helix to where they become actionable events that would pair up with alerts. And that brings us, the, brings us into the next phase, which is event correlation and security automation. So the, once the logs go into Helix, they're matched up against different rule sets. So a particular rule might say that someone is performing an action uh, via CloudTrail that, that's not multi-factor authenticated. That, that's a big deal. We, will, we don't want to see that. We might see someone scanning an S3 bucket that might not be our business partner. We don't want to see that. So we want to get that alert as soon as we can to, to deal with it. Um, we also create our own alerts regarding or surrounding our own security control. So if we're out of alignment with something that we say we do, we want to get an alert so that we can fix that as well. Excellent. And as he mentioned, you know, this is a common thing where, where a lot of vendors that are making the journey as well, maybe they haven't put their product into marketplace yet, or they haven't designed it or thought through how customers might need to use that in AWS. They might not know what are the key services if you present to them, oh, there's 165, good luck. So we have a team that helps the partner uh, look at the problems that they solve, and in this case, a SIM solution uh, and cloud uh, log retention, and then also the regulators needed, needed full demonstration and visibility. So what reporting needed to be done and what was the best way to do it in a secure way. So uh, we actually were able to work with FireEye and it, it helps in this example, this is something that you can do with your partners as well. If you see that they haven't made the journey yet, either ask them, hey, are you gonna go? You know, how, when are you going to? Can I help you? Can I give you the motivation to? Uh, and obviously, if you can't find, if, if they're not responding, reach out, look for uh, alternatives. But we do have a lot of different options available for you. So this is a good example. FireEye now has two solutions available in Marketplace as of about two weeks ago. So their network security platform is there now, as well as they have a security, uh, anal uh, security uh, uh, by, by way of API. So they've, they've made both available in a SaaS model for you. 
making it super easy for you to, to uh, deploy those. And we're really excited to, to bring those back into our environment. That's something that we left behind from the move from our hosted data center to cloud. So we want to get that additional uh, enrichment of uh, network data to make sure that if something is wrong that, that we can see it. So just a couple of fun, back, fun facts. We're, we're pulling in maybe 2 billion events per day into Helix. Uh, that matches up a rule matches up against rules that go into the FireEye Security Operations Center, which is 24/7, and then they escalate back to us just a handful of those alerts. So it, it makes the management of all the different AWS accounts uh, much more uh, agreeable for our for our group. Excellent. Should we talk about another challenge? So visibility, I know, is important. Uh, especially for your auditors. So tell, tell us what your regulators needed to see and how did you solve this uh, challenge? So we needed to show our regulators that, that, that we had the full visibility into what was going on in our cloud environment, that, that we had an understanding of how it was configured, how we're monitoring it, how we're staying on top of things that could go wrong. There's been a lot of media attention about mistakes in the cloud. It's so easy to do. It's going to happen, so you need to know when it happens so that you can address it quickly. So we partnered with a new company called uh, Dome 9. They were recently acquired by a company called Checkpoint. Mm -hmm. It is uh, Checkpoint Dome 9 now, and through uh, adding the, your AWS credentials into the Dome 9 management platform, you're instantly connected to your AWS account, you can see your cloud assets, your network security groups, your IAM policies and roles. Uh, you can see the VPC flow activity as it, that it comes into the environment. And most importantly, from a compliance standpoint, uh, we can benchmark what we do in AWS against AWS best practices. Dome 9 has a bundle that has approximately 1,100 rules that we measure against how we configure cloud. And if we're out of alignment with what AWS says, AWS says is best practices, we get an alert. We actually meet with our operations and application developments team, teams on a weekly basis to go over those alerts. And we, our, our goal is 100%, but if we start to back off of that 100% benchmark, we, we spin up a bridge call, talk about what's different, how we can fix it. We're leveraging uh, cloud native AWS config in conjunction with uh, Dome 9 to enforce those things that we've seen go wrong in the past so that they don't happen again in the future. We've probably got, I don't know, at this point, 100 AWS accounts, and Dome 9 gives us the ability to have a single pane of glass where we see all of the activity in one place. It, it also gives us the ability to tell our auditors that, hey, all of our CloudTrail events go into Dome 9 Dome 9 manages that for us. We can't touch it, we can't alter it. It's an immutable log trail. So that's very valuable to be able to tell to external auditors and uh, those who want to know that we're doing the right thing. Excellent. So this is a, this is a pretty big challenge for people, especially as they're early in the cloud adoption. Uh, we do have AWS best practices. We have pretty significant documentation that can help you, but you know, having a, an automated tool that we refer to as cloud security posture management. There's a few uh, that, that we sell in Marketplace, uh, Dome 9 being one of them. We also have Redlock, which is now Prisma Cloud, now owned by Palo Alto Networks, and, 
and Fortinet has a solution, Sophos has a solution. There's also cloud workload protection vendors that also have this capability, plus they also offer IPS and anti-malware protection. But the nice thing about using a Dome 9 type solution is that you don't have to constantly be watching yourself for these misconfigurations. Uh, a lot of these event, a lot of the misconfigurations are, are really what causes breaches. So by having an automated tool that's reviewing your environment and checking against best practices, uh, we have a security well-architected uh, document and set, of, set of, of rules and plans. But the nice thing about Dome 9 and these types of solutions is it puts automation around that so that you can just literally enable it, turn it on, and the visibility that it provides is pretty incredible, especially with the account mapping, because it shows you what all the AWS accounts that you have, and then what permissions each one of them have, and, and it helps you to reduce and, and implement a least privilege policy by, by reducing the amount of permissions that each service has. So knowing first what you actually have in place uh, helps you to actually put those best practices into motion. Yeah, and just a fun fact, we, uh, we also leverage uh, Amazon Managed Services. We have a very close relationship with them. Uh, some of my peers will be talking about that in tomorrow's session. Uh, but when we first connected Dome 9 to those accounts, we actually had weekly meetings with AMS, and they said, and provided feedback on some of what Dome 9 was saying, and, and they were surprised as well. So they actually altered some of the way they do things in, in cloud based off of the findings from Dome 9. Excellent. So that's pretty incredible. Really cool. So what do we have next? What are some of the other challenges we should talk about? So you build a lot of web-based applications. I think that's a common thing that a lot of people start with is building web-based applications, moving web applications to the cloud. So you know, preventing distributed denial of service. AWS has, of course, Shield that you take advantage of for free being an AWS customer. If you want to pay for insurance against if somebody does DDoS you and then your AWS bill goes up, you can pay for Shield Advanced uh, as a separate charge. But you know, what did Sally May do to protect web applications and prevent against distributed denial of service attacks? Right. So when we moved our um, data center to a hosted provider in 2014, uh, we used Imperva secure, secure Spirit to protect all of our public-facing applications. Uh, when we moved to AWS, we um, evaluated AWS WAF and AWS Shield, and, and there was just a huge difference between what we did and what we're going to do, and we just weren't comfortable to, to make that leap yet. Uh, we might be in the future, but at, at the time of the migration, it was such a short window, four months. We, we wanted to make sure that we had the same protection that we had in our old environment that we have in our new environment. So. We approached Imperva and said, hey, how, do, how can we use Imperva to protect our applications that are hosted in AWS? And they, at the time, provided a solution called Imperva Encapsula. It is now called uh, Imperva Application Security. It's a managed WAF. They create the rules. They create the um, block list for bots and botnets and malware that, that could be blocked. And so we, it's a SaaS solution, so the way we send our traffic through Imperva uh, before it gets to our AWS environment is to create a CNAME record in DNS to point our application to the Imperva CNAME value. And then we, in our environment in AWS, lock down that public interface just to the Imperva network. So the traffic flows through Imperva, through DNS, 
gets filtered, sends the clean traffic to our applications in AWS and, and, and makes us safer. It, it also provides a three-second denial of service mitigation, SLA, uh, which was key with uh, regulators. Uh, their big thing for us is resilience. Mm -hmm. So we need to say that in the event of a denial of service attack that we would stay resilient. So that, that uh, did help us with our um, argument to going into cloud. Excellent. And if you're not familiar, AWS WAF also has partner rule sets that are available in Marketplace. So we have partner rule sets from Fortinet, from Imperva, from Barracuda, from F5, and there are several others. And uh, actually, AWS just updated the AWS WAF uh, rule sets. So the AWS now offers a set of rules which cover uh, a basic set of OWASP top 10 as well. Uh, but those are also available in Marketplace. So a lot of customers will start with the WAF and they'll plug in a rule set from a vendor. Uh, and then if they want more visibility, uh, more capability, then they may go with a full-blown Imperva or F5 Barracuda. The nice thing is with Imperva and Barracuda, these are really easy to use and it doesn't require uh, ProServe engagement to set it up. So it's a really good solution in Marketplace because it's, it's simple to use SaaS-based service and uh, it's really, really easy to enable. Yeah, and just a couple of additional things about Imperva. We, we do have some PCI public app, uh, application websites, so we're required to do OWASP scanning, uh, which is provided through Imperva. Uh, a couple of fun facts, in the last couple of weeks, we've seen an increase in SQL injection attacks in our environment, upwards of in the, the 78,000 range in a, in a week. Um, I can't imagine what that would look like if those attacks interacted with our applications directly. So it, it's a peace of mind value knowing that it gets stopped in the Imperva cloud before it gets to our environment. Excellent, very good. So another challenge that uh, you have is uh, uh, protecting company data and reducing legal liability, especially for regulators, you know, your financial services. So. Uh, this was a challenge you guys had to look at. What are some of the solutions that you looked at to, to handle this one? Yeah, so that was a big one. So in, in our, again, in our on-prem data center before we moved to AWS, we had a secure web gateway that include, included data loss prevention rules. Uh, when we moved to AWS, we had to prove to internal uh, risk partners and uh, external regulators that we had that same level of visibility. So when we allow endpoints in our environment to connect to somewhere on the internet that's not locked down to a specific business partner. We need to do malware scanning, content filtering, and, and a ton of data loss prevention rules that we've architected over the last few years to make sure that our intellectual property and customer PI and PII data does not leave the organization. So you guys implemented Zscaler to help you with this? Yeah, so we connected, uh, excuse me, we connected uh, Zscaler to our um, Barracuda uh, egress firewalls in AWS. So all of our non-lockdown access to the internet goes through Zscaler mm -hmm. and is filtered to their SaaS uh, cloud solution before it goes to the actual destination. Excellent. And uh, you, you wanted to mention also some firewalls that you, that you leverage. Sure, so this was a big one. When we moved to AWS, uh, our firewalls would have been native AWS security groups, which was super, super scary 
for, for our team specifically because we just didn't know how AWS security groups worked mm -hmm. in comparison to the uh, next-gen firewalls that we maintained on our host, hosted network before we migrated. Uh, so what we did is we compromised and used a combination of AWS network security groups and marketplace firewalls that we spun up through the marketplace mm -hmm. app. Mm -hmm. So each AWS account that has applications for Sally Mae in it has a pair of either Barracuda or Palo Alto firewalls to filter both inbound and outbound traffic. Right. Uh, one of the, one of the uh, regulated, sorry, sorry, one of the requirements from our regulators that we ha is that we needed to have an intrusion prevention um, technology hit our perimeter, and we didn't, weren't able to solve that through AWS security groups. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So this was another reason why we used Barracuda and Palo Alto firewalls to check that box to say that, that we had an IPS. Excellent. This is common. I think many people are familiar with certain solutions on-premise, and as they move to the cloud, it's, uh, there's so many different cloud services that you're learning already. So if you can take advantage of third-party software that you already have people trained on, and you may already have licenses for them. We support in Mar Marketplace the concept of bring your own license, so you don't have to buy more as you're extending or moving workloads to the cloud. M most of our vendors support this model, so you can just move what you already have with you. And then they make these, these solutions available in form factors like AMIs or SaaS to make it easy for you. Uh, so you don't have to build the appliance yourself. You can just download a, a curated version of it directly off of Marketplace. Uh, but this helps you to not have to deal with training people on new security technologies at the same time as you're all already learning the cloud. Yeah, and, and where it helped us with speed, I don't, I don't know if we would have accomplished the four-month migration from our on-prem provider to AWS without bringing some of our tools with us. Yeah, very good. So key takeaways. Uh, why don't you talk about some of the things that these guys should remember when they're walking out and uh, try to keep straight with all the other sessions they're going to. So I, I think looking at some of the solutions that, that we've gone over, it, again, it's contributed to being able to move fast and to get out of our provider into AWS. It was kind of a happy medium. So what I would really suggest is taking a look at what's available in the marketplace and see what you can do with what you had in on-prem and duplicate in the cloud so that you don't have to change overnight. It's difficult to change internal controls at the speed that you're moving through a migration with. Uh, that takes a lot of planning. It takes a lot of coordination with internal risk partners and external regulators. It's not gonna happen overnight, so this is gonna help you to go faster. It also allows you to use the same vendors that you had in your on-prem provider and bring them with you into AWS. Uh, sometimes it helps you with your uh, current licensing agreement so you don't have to change it. I, I know that you can go and just outright buy something in AWS, AWS Marketplace, uh, but some of the more mature organizations like ourselves have a uh, pretty robust uh, vetting process when we do, par do a partnership with a new security vendor. So it involves legal, it involves security, it involves <laughs> procurement. So we wanna be able to take our contract language and apply it to what we pull out of AWS. So I'm really happy to hear that, that Amazon, or AWS supports being able to either use the language that is um, through AWS 
marketplace or if we can use our own. So yeah, that's absolutely. That's really key. How many of you guys negotiate custom terms with vendors on most of the software that you buy? It's pretty common, and, and we've actually found a lot of people spend quite a bit of time redlining contracts. And one of the things that Marketplace offers as well is this two different versions of a standardized contract that we've negotiated with our largest customers and largest vendors. Uh, initially, we called that the enterprise contract. And then we also built now recently a standard contract, which is good for mid-sized companies. And it allows you to be able to use that standard contract in Marketplace with multiple vendors without having to spend the time negotiating. So that's another benefit to you that we offer. Uh, also, keep in mind that if you want to do a transaction with a vendor and you want to negotiate a special price with them, uh, or you want to negotiate that through a channel partner, we have the ability called private offers. So you can actually contact your vendor and say, hey, I like your solution. I want to buy it in the marketplace, but I don't want to pay the list marketplace price. I want a special price. And they, they can negotiate that with you and then also put that through under your AWS bill. So. And if you also have a commit to spend on AWS, maybe you have an enterprise discount program with AWS, you can actually spend a percentage of that on third-party software in the marketplace as well. So if you're running toward the end of the year and you're trying to figure out how am I going to spend this money, a great way to do that is to just say, hey, what teams within my organization need to buy software? Let's check it out, see if it's on marketplace. And you can actually use that spend directly in marketplace. Uh, so was this useful for you guys today, hopefully? Great. Uh, thanks for coming. We're going to be outside, uh, take questions for a few minutes. So thanks again for being here. Thank you, everyone. And please fill out the survey.